0: welcome pewter report readers listeners and viewers to another edition of the pewter report podcast energized by celsius i'm john ledyard from pewterreport.com with me is scott reynolds also pewterreport.com and it is a crazy day in the nfc south scott not much of the news involves the box today for a change but (laughs) the rest of the nfc south it is a crazy day and Related. there's a new quarterback in Atlanta already. Within yeah. a matter of hours, the Matt Ryan era is over. The Saints have re-signed James Winston to pretty decent money. We'll talk about all of those moves today, as well as a couple moves the Bucks made over the weekend that we haven't had much time to discuss. So, as always, it's a happening Monday on the Peter Report podcast. And pumped to be with you, Scott, coming off of a little vacation. Uh, enjoy your time away? A little bit I later. did. Oh, there we are.
1: Boom. Yes. There we are. Yes, enjoyed a little beach time up in Amelia Island, uh, Fernandina Beach up there by Jacksonville. You look so, a little uh, tan, a little tan, yeah, yeah. It jealous. was a little, a little chilly jealous. out there on the beach for one day, but yeah, it's Florida. Yeah. So, hey, you know, when and the beach calls, you go
0: Jacksonville's a little bit colder that area than it is, it is around the Tampa area for sure.
1: Yes, uh, yeah, but I, I tell you, um, the Buccaneers. Uh, I, I said it on Twitter. I know I, I irked some some fans out there, you know, don't jinx us, the scene swept us the last two years, you know. Whatever. The Bucks just see. won the NFC South again. They did. <laughs> Today, they did.
0: It's season it's has been part a part hilarious week. Like you've they been. They won away the for NFC it. South. Most of this week, with, like, I think you were back, like, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then left to yeah. get, like, and it's been while you've been gone, not out of the state, I should say. Right. Well, you were out of the state for Brady, weren't you?
1: I I was. I was I'm driving, driving to the airport. I'm, uh, I'm not going
0: to say you're the same thing as Trevor Sycamore at this point, Scott, but yeah. you left the state and Tom and Brady, Brady came went back. to retire.
1: Yeah.
0: We just need to examine this. We're going to need to take some time and examine <laughs> this and see what kind of impact this could have had because we know what it did with Trevor. They won a Super That's Bowl, true.
1: So yeah, so maybe I have, have, have to cover the Bucks remotely this year, not just from not being at at you know, one Buccaneer place. Which opened back up today, which That's was right. nice. The reporters got to go back in. We had JC yes. Allen there covering yes. the the Jason Light and Chris Godwin press conference, which we'll get to that too, folks. A loaded show today. Holy smokes, yeah. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. But seriously. but, but yes, on. I might I might have to if if there's an issue with Brady and me being in the same state, I I will move out of state for a year, cover the team remotely as best I can.
0: Might have to at this point because Brady retires. The Bucks go on a crazy run of free agency. The rest of the NFC implodes. I mean, it's just been an unbelievable week. And that extended to the weekend. Devontae Adams getting (laughs) traded away. And this is Jason Light right now, just (laughs) soaking it all in, like the reversal of fortunes. Oh my god. I mean, literally a week ago, it's got like eight days ago. We're talking about if the Bucks. We're going to be a team that was picking in the top 10 and right. how the NFC, even the South, you know, if they, if it was Gabbard, Trask. Yeah, we were, we were
1: like talking about Gabbard and, and Trask as oh, the quarterback right. options for this team, right?
0: Now and it's then, just like, where's the other competitors yeah. in the NFC outside of the Gabbard
1: ranks? had the job for like a minute, even though he's not signed yet. <laughs> he had the job for a minute and Brady's like, tag, I'm going back in, right? So that's what happened.
0: Well, I think also just the fact that it hasn't just ended there, like it could have easily ended there, but basically everything that's happened since then yeah. has been good news for the Bucs. I mean, I know Kappa and Whitehead move on. And some people are frustrated about that, but if you remember back to the season, yeah. you and I talked about the free agency situation, the Bucs were entering and we were basically like, you know, this is probably like going to happen. Like would they lose Correct. these two guys and these are players you need to be able to replace. And now they're yeah. in a position where they feel like they're able to do that, but have kept, their top guys in free agency and then added three premier players as well at positions of need. And they're not done yet either, according to Jason light today. So it, yeah. it, on top of everything going wrong for everybody else in the NFC in the absurd talent discrepancy right now between the AFC yeah. and the NFC, it really does feel like it's just been an unbelievable week to be a Bucks outside of the Super Bowls. It's hard yeah. to find a better week to be a Bucks fan than this one.
1: I was on with our good friends uh, Ronnie and T. Krast on WDE this morning doing a radio hit, and and I said that that given the Buccaneers' schedule this year, and and it's pretty daunting, right, in terms of, of the teams they're going to face, right? They're they're facing the Packers, they're facing both Super Bowl teams. The Los Angeles Rams, who've had their number the last three years, they're facing the Cincinnati Bengals, they're facing the Baltimore Ravens, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So the, the, they're they're going up against some premier teams, mostly in the in the AFC. But it's a challenging schedule, and and with Brady back, that certainly helps things. But this, right. you know, th- this might be a Buccaneer team that might not win 13 games this year. They might win 12. They might win 11. But I think they're going to be a better football team. We'll see what they do in the draft and how they finish free agency. But you could make an argument right now. We're kind of seeing the blueprint for what's happening. With Brady back for a third season mm-hmm. in this offense, throw, for over 5,000 yards last year, 43 touchdowns. We'll see how Godwin comes back from his injury. But the additions you talked about, John, I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers take a step back Uh, you know, a game or or two, a a win or two in the 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 record.
0: So much harder. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I think there might be a better team that might be poised for bigger things in the postseason.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. We'll see. I mean, again, the NFC is just not really looking that tough right now and the draft could change some things a little bit, but yeah, We are kind of through the meat of that that transformative period of time where that that becomes a a little bit more of a debate. Now, I do the Saints are still going to be tough. There's no question to me. I mean, they still probably are a wild card team. I think people are definitely getting a little bit ridiculous about how bad. Like the NFC South is not like one of the worst divisions ever. Like the the Bucks are just going to easily. Like they're they're sure the Panthers and and Falcons. I expect them to be bad, but they were terrible last year too. I mean, it's still going to come down. To the, the Bucks points. and the Saints. And the Saints I think. Yeah. And the oh, Saints right. today re signed Jameis Winston two years, 28 million, and he yes. got 21 million guaranteed. So, obviously, just seven starts for him last year, and he didn't finish that seventh game, went five and two. Right. Some of those wins were, I mean, he got, he got the job done in the red zone and he didn't turn the ball over. Those are the two big takeaways right. if you're looking for positives for Jameis. Everything in between, there was obviously a lot of carrying by other guys on the team. Yeah. But we'll get Michael Thomas, and they obviously believed in what they saw because now they're giving him what 14 per basically, yeah. which is, you know, low and probably not even starter yeah. money really, but it's way more than he got. And last you know year, what?
1: It's going to be interesting because he's coming off of a torn ACL. Now we've seen right. all the crazy Jameis workout videos, right? I mean, he can do all the crazy wacky, you know, bendable throwing on, you know, balls and, and, and all the different things that he does during his interesting training regimen. But, but th- that is an ACL injury, right? And it's, mm-hmm. It's an injury that, that 10, 15 years ago was was a different story in mm-hmm. terms of players' comeback, John. But at the same time, it's not exactly a lock that you're going to be able to come back and be the same guy that you were right, right away. That's the same thing for, for Jameis. It's the same thing for Chris Godwin, too. And Godwin talked a little bit today about where he was. He, didn't, he was asked a couple times in their press conference – when is he expected to see the field again, doing football things? What's the timetable for his recovery? Each time you kind of dodge the questions that I like where I'm at. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm taking it day by day. I don't want to sit there and put, you know, type of, of, uh, of goals or, or dates uh, ahead of me. And um, I, I think that, that both he and the team are cautiously optimistic that, he could participate at some form or fashion in training camp, whether that's the start of training camp or the end of it or the start of the season. We'll have to see how he progresses. But but that's just something to keep an eye on with Winston is he does have that, that ACL injury. I was doing some research last night for the Peter Report Bucks Monday mailbag. There's a couple of players like Tara Cohen for the Bears. It's taken him two years to recover from an ACL injury. Yep. And and uh, Tara Cohen, the Bears running back. And, yep. and then then you've got, uh, Jarek McKinnon, who suffered back-to-back injuries to the same knee in his first two years with the 49ers, that derailed his career. The Bucs were actually interested in McKinnon, who is a running back that's out there. John, we'll talk about the running backs in just a minute, but he's a running back that you mm-hmm. and I both liked for what he did in the the postseason with the Chiefs as a runner, as a receiver, right. and big fan. Yeah, and and uh, he's just now getting back to that player that he was mm-hmm. when the 49ers signed to a big deal. When he left Minnesota and actually the Buccaneers were in on Jarek McKinnon at the time, they just couldn't meet that price threshold right. that the 49ers were, but you know, we're, right. we're talking about Leonard Fournette visiting the Patriots today, John, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think that they're, they're going to be able to meet his price demands. I think it's the neighborhood of five to 6 million, but might be a uh, leverage move for yeah.
0: Lenny. We'll see. Right. We got to talk about the whole running back situation. We will in a second here. Let's finish up on the NFC South before we do that. Nate Pitts watching from the hospital just became a dad for a fourth time. This live stream is getting everything on TV all day. Congrats to Nate and the family, baby Pitts. Uh, That's exciting stuff for sure. Four times. Twice wow. here, man. That's uh, that's tough. That's yeah. uh, it's awesome though. There's nothing better than that. No question about the, it. John,
1: the, the problem is, is once you get past two kids, you, you're locked into zone coverage. You can no longer play man. Right. That's right. Well, Maybe. we're
0: locked into two, so they're that's I'll what I'm always saying. be able yep. to play zone. I, guess. I I know, but I'm just speaking <laughs> for people like
1: me with four kids. It's yeah. you're strictly in zone now, and trust there me, there are holes in zone <laughs> coverage. So.
0: Uh and congrats on coming back, just me Pooh First pod since the Rams hey. lost a really just me Pooh took it bad, but uh no, Brady coming back now. He's he's back in the fold. So excited yeah. about that, obviously. Let's talk about this NFC South division yep. just a little bit, Scott. I had just jotted down real quick like who's on which roster, just offensively, not even looking defensively right, right now, uh, because I know some changes are still coming and they're probably still coming offensively too. But you've got yeah. Tom Brady, you've got james Winston for the Saints, and then yeah. you've got Marcus Mariota for the Falcons. The Panthers could be a rookie in the mix, probably will be. Sam right. Darnold, maybe they trade for Jimmy G. I I frankly, I kind of doubt it. I don't think yeah. that's gonna happen, but we'll see. Um, Alvin Kamara, running back for the Saints. Obviously, the Falcons re-signed Cordell Patterson. Yeah, they've got Mike Davis there still. The Panthers have McCaffrey for now. I do think, I think he's gonna be traded before the season starts. I, he might be a yeah. draft day trade or something. We'll I see. Agree. And then Chuba Hubbard is there as well. So yep. uh the Bucks don't have any, you know, they're all uncertainty running back. We'll talk about that in a second. At wideoffs, where this thing gets out of control, Bucks have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Brashad Perryman, of course, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, Scotty Miller still in the fold as well. The same Michael Thomas is back, but he missed a year and was hurt a lot the year before that, to be honest. So we haven't yep. really seen Michael Thomas at his himself for two years now. Right uh, now, running those slants uh marquez Callaway is back for the saints as well he had some good moments last year yeah. obviously train wreck quarterback situation deontay harris a little jordan humphrey he'll probably add another whiteout in the draft. we'll see um and for the falcons it's just ridiculous ultimate Zacchaeus is their top wide receiver frank darby christian blank and chad hansen just ridiculous and then the panthers have dj moore robbie anderson restructured i think and I was surprised. I thought he'd get traded. They signed yeah. Richard Higgins, uh, Terrace Marshall, disappointing rookie John, season. He's around. A couple I, I other guys that most people don't, don't know. It's, think, it's I think – It's the wideout out front.
1: It is. With, with Marcus Mariota coming to the Falcons now and Arthur Smith liking to run the ball, I, I think that, that Arthur Smith watched what Bill Belichick and the Patriots did against the Buffalo Bills. Right up there in that <laughs> no. up, up there in that that cold windy day, and said, "Well, they ran. They threw the ball three times. They still won against a really good Buffalo team. We're going to employ the same strategy. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the option. I mean, Marcus Mariota did that flawlessly at, at Oregon. So I think you're going to see some wishbone, some some triple option, maybe. Uh, you might see some quarterback run game. Poor cowpits." <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know that they're I'm going to throw the ball away. at least. I don't know that they can throw the ball outside of two Kyle Pitts and to Cordell, Par- Cordell Patterson yeah. out of the backfield.
0: We'll see what they do. I mean, they could use that early pick on uh, in the draft on a wide receiver. Obviously, they got another third rounder now from the Indianapolis, uh, eighty-two overall. Wasn't even the Colts' higher third round pick. Just crazy yeah. to me that that's all they could get. A late round three pick for Matt Ryan. That's I mean, crazy. That's, they got more for Mohamed Sanu when they traded him yeah. to the Patriots. They got a second for if him. If you're if you're Matt Ryan, though, th- th- this
1: th- this is a this is a step up the corporate ladder, is it not? Mm-hmm. Isn't this an upgrade?
0: Right? Yeah, great fit. I mean, yeah. the AFC is crazy. I, they might only make the playoffs, but he for sure wasn't <laughs> making the playoffs in Atlanta. So, the AFC's nuts. I mean, there's a list of teams that right now it's it's. I mean, there's legitimately twelve teams that yeah. could make the playoffs. I just think like, it's not a stretch.
1: I think for Matt Ryan, who just got beat the hell up the last couple of years behind that that awful Atlanta offensive line. At least he has a chance now, right, in Indianapolis mm-hmm. to stay upright. Yeah, I mean,
0: he's got a chance to stay upright for sure, no question. And, and in Atlanta, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. They've also got three question marks on the offensive line. Uh, yeah. I didn't even mention the tight end situation. Obviously, Atlanta's doing well there with Pitt's but that's the only position in which they're even in contention for the top position (laughs) in the AFC at any spot. I mean, they've got Chris Lindstrom at right guard and Jake Matthews is solid at left tackle. The other three O-line spots they've drafted a ton of guys. Nobody has stepped up. Everybody has disappointed so far. They are, they are maybe the worst roster in the NFL and the Panthers are not far behind them in my opinion with no answer, a quarterback and really none seemingly in the cards for them either. So it's a mess in Tampa Bay, clearly, especially if Gronkowski comes back, Shaq Mason coming over in the trade. This is an offense without really any holes, maybe left guard. There's a competition there, but again, Light's got to be happy. The Bucks have done yeah. exactly what they set out to do this offseason. People will give Brady lots of credit, obviously, but that Shaq Mason trade was going down regardless as Jason Correct. and I talked to, uh, to today. People forget Light also has those ties to the Patriots mm-hmm. front office, and so there's a lot of ways to make things happen on that front and obviously they've traded now a number of different times and looked at each other's players and things like that and so Fournette visiting uh visiting New England today I don't really understand that from the Patriots perspective Scott they have yeah. a full stable of backs they I do. have no idea how they're going to they just signed time Montgomery they re-signed James mm-hmm. White they have Ramondre Stevenson and J.J. Taylor there and Damian Harris was really good last year when he got to play so was Stevenson so I have no idea how Fournette fits in there unless they would then turn around and trade a couple guys, which seems really just kind of silly to me. I don't think that's the case. And, sometimes and how what would they happen- pay him? Anything close to him? Why is he even taking this visit? Or, or I, I
1: think I it's know. a leverage move. Sometimes the agents will work with teams and against other teams, and sometimes it's like, hey, can you bring my guy in? Do me a favor. Make it seem like there's a hot market for him. Bring him in for a visit, and, and then I'll help you with – this re-signing here and there—that's that's just the, the the dirty cloak and dagger business of how the agent, front office games work sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I just know that from personal experience. I I know that there have, in talking to some agents, there've been players in the past that have visited the Buccaneers that had no interest in signing with the Buccaneers. It was literally just a leverage play. And I mm-hmm. think I think Leonard is just trying to drum up some some interest in himself from the Buccaneers, or from another team by taking a visit. Sometimes that's what happens. I'm not saying that there's no interest in the Patriots, but like you said, John, their they're stable seems full. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is a player that clearly wants double what he made last year, if not you know, maybe a little bit less. But somewhere mm-hmm. I think in the
0: neighborhood of $5, $6, 7000000 million is what Leonard Fournette yeah, thinks mean. he deserves. And When Rashad Penny on the back of like six games gets $5.75 million yes. per, and I know it was only a one-year deal, but – you're in your Leonard Fournette. You're like, Dude, I've been doing this for five years, you know, yeah. being solid at least, but you know, and, and coming off a solid year, like
1: exactly. you're looking
0: for at least six to seven. And yeah. I'm not sure where he's going to get that, but I if he gets that in New easily, England, yeah. I'd just be floored. I don't understand what they yeah. they just have too many guys. But here's the thing, Scott, you were brought today in Monday mailbag, which I think was a good point. Um, and I that the Bucks with their interest in Leonard Fournette. They have questions, I guess, in terms of their interest. There may be like a limit to how far they're willing to go. Mm-hmm. Brady obviously would like Leonard Fournette back and it makes complete yes. sense from Brady's perspective. He's worried about winning in 2022. There are really no other running backs out there that can do you know that are even capable of filling Fournette's role than mm-hmm. free agency. We'll talk about the names in a second. But Brady's perspective is like, I want to go win the Super Bowl this year. And Leonard was right. improved in pass protection, improved in yes. the receiving game. And that's where the position really makes an impact, as Brady knows from all his years in New England, the working with players at that at that spot and what they've done in the passing game. The Bucks know yeah. that too. I think they just feel like maybe there could be better options, but there really aren't. And free agency is kind of a tough spot to be in if you're the Bucks because you don't want to overpay for Leonard, but there really just aren't that many guys available. And now you're in a win-now window and. You don't want that guy to be screwing up like it was in year, in 2020 for most Correct. of the year until Leonard seized it at the very end. Yeah. But that guy and was screwing up. and I mean, the running back, both spots were screwing up in pass game all year long until so really yep. the playoffs things got a little bit better. But it was a mess in 2020, and they don't want that again in 2022.
1: And you're right, John. And the other thing, too, is keep in mind, to Leonard's credit, he beat out Giovanni Bernard, who was really signed to be that third down mm-hmm. back for the Buccaneers. And he really became that lead guy that could play on first, second, and third down. So there's a lot of value. He knows the offense. He's been in it for two years. He's got the chemistry with Brady. Um, It it seems like a seamless fit. It just comes down to the fact that if you look at the Buccaneers offense, and I'm not telling this to you, John, you know this, Mm -hmm. but to our viewers and listeners out there, this is a pass-first wide receiver-driven offense. The third wide receiver, right, Russell Gage, is making $10 million a year. They don't want to pay any running back $5 million a year. That just goes to show you. Do they need a running back? Yes. Do they want to, to run the ball? Yes, they do. Do they want to have that running back pass protect and catch passes out of the backfield? Absolutely. It's a must. But in terms of the value, the salary cap, dollars and cents portion of it, the number three wide receiver is making $10 million. The number one wide receiver, is making twenty million dollars. The next guy is making sixteen million dollars. That's Mike Evans. So you can see where they have their money, where they put the value. The running back position it has become a dime a dozen. I still think there's value in Leonard Fournette. I think what the Buccaneers are hoping is just like last year, you'll play the waiting game, and and maybe Leonard says, okay, I'll take my three point two five million again and try to win another ring. You know, there are some other cheaper options out there for the Buccaneers. Uh, Mikey asks with the Super Chat, we appreciate that. Could this be a smokescreen? He'll fly over to Buffalo while he's up there. Maybe. It's Leonard and his agent's job to go out there and try to drum up some interest. But as we talked about with Jarek McKinnon, that could be a possibility for the Buccaneers uh, as, as a, a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He could be a very cheap, one-year, prove-it league minimum veteran signing. Darrell Williams was, was a player who played with Fournette at LSU caught the ball extremely well this past year for Kansas City. If, if you remember, they, they picked up uh, a running back from the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They, they, they like the Chiefs' offensive players. They brought uh, Felder the tight end over as well. Mm-hmm. So one of these guys, with Clyde Edwards-Solaire being the man out there in Kansas City, one of these these Chiefs' running backs might surface as a one-year league minimum, prove-it type deal, and and we'll see. Um, that Williams and McKinnick are, are two – names to keep an eye
0: on yeah the the whole situation with the bucks running back thing is fascinating because you're exactly right scott this is clearly they can talk all they want about we're gonna run the ball more this year they do this yep. every year and his coaching staff but yep. like the proof is in the pudding like you do not have anything invested in running backs right. and you don't have much <laughs> more time or money to invest yeah. in the position and That's if you right. look at the options that are out there right now sony michelle okay uh, you know he's a fine yep. rusher but he's never been an impact player in the passing you know, game. He's a good pass protector. Yep. He's never been an. He's going to want five million.
1: And the thing yeah. is, is whether it's Leonard Fournette, whether it's Sony Michelle, whether it's Melvin Gordon, those are three good names and really good fits for the Buccaneers. But
0: well, it's to, interesting? You're just not going to
1: pay that that type of money for a running back.
0: And the yeah, the pay could be a factor for sure. Now, you know, Brad's projection for Michelle was well under was about actually about in the like two and a half per year range yeah. or, or lower. So maybe he's to be had for lower but again no impact in the passing game from a shot outside of pass protection malvin gordon no impact and even when he's had catches pff has him he is the in the zeroeth percentile of receiving grade for the running back position so you were talking about a guy who yes won't do much with it it. right fine rusher fine rusher i mean honestly so you they are there are options to splitting up the role again Right, for sure, like they did in 2020, with yep. hopefully more capable third-down options right. than they had and, that year. And John, even Bernard's in 2019, or, then, were,
1: it was about a 50 50 split between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. I think mm-hmm. I think Bruce Aarons is comfortable with that if he can find a couple guys that can do different things to to get this going. And you know this this is a draft class that actually has a ton of really good running back fits, guys that can catch the ball, that are good in pass protection, that can be role players. Maybe not the lead right. guys. Maybe there's you know, there's Brees Hall. He's kind of a lead back kind of guy. Maybe Isaiah Spiller, who the team is showing some interest sure. in. He's no a good question. receiving back. But, but I think that there's a lot of good running backs in this year's draft class. You guys, uh, you and Matt talked about Rashad White out there at the Combine that had met with him. Damian mm-hmm. Pierce is a, is a good pass protector. Uh, he can run and catch the ball as well. We've talked about Tyler Algier. John, you and I like that Max Borgie as a late day three guy. So there are some running backs out there in the draft right. that I think they're 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 definitely going to partake in one of these guys, if not two. Right. But I think finding that free agent running back, whether it's Fournette or somebody else, that's a must for mm-hmm. Brady.
0: It, it is. And and you know we know two things. We, do, we know the Bucs do not want to enter draft day needing a running back. They don't want that. They don't want that in any yes. position. That's That's been their MO. So they they are going to fill out that. They're probably going to sign at least two players, I would imagine, still before yep. the draft, that running back. Whether right. What those players look like or not will tell us a lot. And like yeah. I said, they the if they're not going to re-sign Leonard Fournette, likely they're going to be splitting that role between different players. So yep. you're not going to have an every-down guy like Fournette was last year. It'll be more like 2020 Correct. where you have – Various options in the passing downs and right. somebody to run the ball and it'll be different. Just uh, remember, somewhat differently. So Keyshawn Vaughn's a
1: lead back, according <laughs> to Bruce. Irons. Right. So it could be and Vaughn light. and a rookie.
0: So. And and then Jarek McKinnon. Oh, the good thing is there's still three like third down backs today. Duke Johnson signed with the Bills. Yeah. We know J.D. McKissick went over to Washington. Right. I really like Jarek McKinnon. I mm-hmm. really like Darrell Williams. They've picked up Chiefs guys before and even Chiefs yeah. running backs on Bell was with the Chiefs for a while. Uh, Darwin Thompson was on the Bucks Correct. practice squad. He came over from Kansas City. So I like either of those guys' His third down back signings would be great if they're not bringing Gio back. I'd be fine with that. I kind of like the other two more than Gio, to be mm-hmm. honest, at this point. Yeah, but the feature sure. guy is going to be tricky. And here's the big thing, Scott. Why Brady probably wants Fournette back? I don't think he thinks Fournette is some amazing player or anything. I think he just thinks – it's so important to have a guy out there that makes us less predictable, like in terms of what we're going to do. Yeah. Like Rojo got out there and he couldn't protect, so yeah. teams could just do whatever they want. Like he couldn't do it, and so right. he doesn't want another. And if you bring in a rookie, even if he's good in college in pass protection, correct the mental part of learning college or pass protection in the NFL, where you come from some of these conferences and you don't ever see complicated blitzes. Like you come right. to the Big Twelve and <laughs> yeah. it's a three man rush or the Pac twelve and it's a three man yep. rush all the time. It's a totally different story when you get to the NFL. So. That's why you don't want a rookie stepping into that role and saying, "Oh, you were a good pass protector in college. Right. Now you can do that in a window where we want to win the Super Bowl." Otherwise, you'll end up with pass protection errors on running backs, that's forcing right. seven pre- more Brady interceptions just like in 2020.
1: Yeah, or or Brady sacks, right? I mean, that, that's the yeah. thing too is is pass protection for running backs boils down to three things. The first thing is recognition. That's yeah. something that that Leonard Fournette that's struggled with part. early on. It is, mm-hmm. because I mean, you you know, it, w- which guys come in um, which which gap are you responsible for for picking up a blitzer? Um, so that, that's the that's the first part. That's the area that Fournette struggled in in 2020, but got remarkably better in in 2021. Mm-hmm. Once he knew the pass protection scheme and got it down, Rojo never got it right. The yeah. second part is is the want to. It's the uh, I, I'm basically going to be flat footed and I've got a screaming Mike linebacker or or a nickel corner coming off the blitz or off the mm-hmm. edge on a blitz or a safety. And, and I get to sit there and be a brick wall that that Mack truck is going to run into. And, and I can't give ground. Right. So the right. want to is part of it as well. The third part of it is, is the size, right? It's like, mm. it's great to have the want to, but you, you have to be able to have enough size to actually stop that Mack truck before mm. he gets to Tom Brady. And, and there's some running backs out there that have the want to, and I don't know how he did it, but Warwick done at like 190 pounds soaking wet, was one of the absolute best, yeah. mainly because he took out players' knees, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was the thing. It's like there was enough film about Warwick Dunn where he would go and, and just chop and cut linebackers down at their knees. And all of a sudden, those linebackers come screaming in, and they start tiptoeing because they didn't want their knees or their shins taken out by Warwick That's Dunn. Right. Yep. So it's the identification, it's the want to, and it's mm-hmm. the size. And those that that trio combination coming out of college for rookies is very
0: rare. Right. It's hard to come by. You know what isn't hard to come by? Celsius empowers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And they are the proud title sponsors of the Peter Report Podcast, Celsius Energy Drink folks. You can find them all over the place. Now you can use the store locator to find out where they sell them near you. I did that on vacation, John. Yes, because they chances are pretty good they're near you at this point. Celsius has taken over since first becoming the title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. And there is a bunch of different flavors, and they've just launched some new flavors too, Scott. And really, they're all tremendous. It's hard to dislike any of the flavors that they put out there. So make sure you check those out. You can click the banner ads at pewterreport.com, do the Amazon subscribe and save option as well and get regular variety pack or one of these flavors coming to your house consistently. The wild berry is what I'm drinking right now. One of my favorite ones, but lots of good options for for you there from our friends at Celsius, uh, for sure. So make sure you check those out. All right, Scott, uh, we got to get to some of these super chats because I, I don't want to uh, gloss by these. Uh, Chris asked, when we appreciate this $5 super chat. Chris, watching with my two grandkids here with the Bucks draft David Ajabo. If he was there 27, Ajabo tore his Achilles uh, when he was uh, doing his workout as pro day yep. this past week. Um, I don't think the Bucks would have drafted David Ajabo if he was healthy um, at 27. Again, I know people are still kind of floating the idea of an edge rusher to the Bucs in the first round. And I just... I don't see it at all. Like uh, They just re- signed Shaq Barrett long-term. Anthony Nelson made progress. They drafted JTS in the first yep. round last year. They are super excited and high on him, as they should be. Uh, maybe they draft one later, but I don't see it go happening in the first round. I think it would be totally stunning to me if it happened, especially an injured player.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially an injured player. right? If a healthy David Ajebo is there and they valued him, if he was high on their board, that might be a different story. And I know that mm-hmm. they do like him, or at least they did before he got hurt. But like you said, John, that's a luxury pick. This is still a Buccaneer team that has some holes. Mm-hmm. And your first-round pick has got to see the field, unless you re-sign all 22-year starters like you did last year for the Buccaneers. But that's mm-hmm. not happening this year. We know that. They've already lost some players. There's still some holes to fill. Uh, you'd like to think Ndamukong sue comes back. But defensive tackle right now, without McClendon, without suing in that roster, is a glaring need. Mm-hmm. This team will probably re-sign Rob Gronkowski. That's what I'm hearing, that Gronkowski wants to – to come back. Uh he's he's mulling it over and thinking about how much he wants, which that could be a little bit of a bone of a contention because he he had a better year last year than mm-hmm. he did in twenty twenty, Johnson probably
0: deserves a race. Yeah. So but he's but he's if he wants to come back, he can ask for whatever. They'll make it work with four They'll make years, it work. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course they yeah. <laughs> They're not going to um, say, no, nah, you can't. You yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, you I'm, just, I'm just saying or? from the timing right, standpoint. Right, he's time he's
1: not right. signed right now because there's a couple reasons. They just have to work mm-hmm. out the details. But tight end, right? I mean, You've got Cam Brait. We saw O.J. Howard move on to DeBocco as expected. Um, Brait, probably in his last year in Tampa Bay, 31 years old. Gronkowski as well. This is a very deep tight end class. I'm not saying they draft one on 27, John, but – it's one of those positions: tight end, running back, defensive tackle, um, and, and I think safety too, because we haven't really talked about Logan Ryan yet. But we're going the, the, to, yeah. But yeah. we're going to. But th- that's a position where I know he's played safety, but but boy, right? I, I get the sense that he is signed to be competition for Sean Murphy Bunting in the slot.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Let's talk about that in a second. But first, let's get. Uh, I want to get these some through some of these questions. And Richard says. Uh, did everybody see Tom on Twitter throwing passes to Edelman Tommy Tommy teasing us or perhaps something is in the works Edelman's tired of the energy during commercial so that video is actually an old one I don't know what the, the timing of it you know people yep. can assume things but I don't think Edelman's coming back I don't yeah. think he's coming to the box he doesn't really fit anything that they'd be looking for and need at this point especially after the signing of Russell Gage uh, yep. so it would be. Totally bizarre to me, but uh, yeah. I think you know, Jeff, just, real quick, that was from last thing, summer, by the way, I
1: think. It was, yeah. It's an old video. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about Gage is that he can also play on the slot. He's not as big as Chris mm-hmm. Godwin is, but he's a bit of a dog, right? He likes to go yeah. out there and mix it up. He's a physical guy. He was mm-hmm. a special teams gunner and at college at He blocked at more than he
0: caught passes at LSU. <laughs> Correct, exactly. Be- yeah, be- yeah,
1: because of the running game and those running backs that, that they had there at LSU. And, and so with Chris Godwin – you know, we'll see. We're hopeful. We're crossing our fingers. He's ready to go by the start of the season. Mm-hmm. The fact that he can play some of the slot is huge because he has that that ability when Godwin's healthy to be that Z receiver, but he can also be a slot receiver as a starter if necessary if Godwin needs a little bit more time to get ready for the start of the season.
0: Right. A lot of people are wondering about if the Bucks will make another move a wide out. I won't rule it out completely, even in the draft. I think it's most likely in the draft. I agree. Um, but... If people are thinking about it, I would say stop thinking about the Cole Beasley types of players, the slot-only smaller right. players. For some, I, I'm surprised we are still kind of going over this. I, would, yeah. I think most people at this point have adjusted. Those are not Bucks fits at those positions. Right. They value size and 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 they value a lot of on the inside. Right, physicality being one of those things. They are not an offense like some of those other offenses that will they want to be able to run out of their 11 they want to be yep. able to have that slot do things so again it's just not really a fit think instead about outside primarily outside guys because now they have two guys that can play in the slot if tyler yes. johnson sticks around he can they feel like evans has gotten that point perryman i think they'd be looking for versatility, he's always great but yep. you are talking about if they're looking to add somebody a speed outside type of that uh, big body uh, vertical player and there's are those options right. in this year's draft and there could be all those options at 27 as well i mean mm-hmm. the buck's there's one thing we know they never feel like they have enough wide receivers and they should that's right the way their offense operates so <laughs> that's right. i bet they'll keep looking for talent at that position through the first three rounds you can pretty much better running back in yeah. one of their first three picks i think they love to get RB their rb1 with the end of the second round or you know in mm-hmm. this draft hard to tell when running backs are going to start coming off the board their yeah. rb1 could potentially be available somewhere in the third round depending on who they value because it feels Correct. like everybody likes a different running back right now we'll see how yep. teams end up assessing things. People have asked about Saquon Barkley, Scott. I, I, I don't even want Saquon Barkley. I don't want yeah, a running either. back who's who's. I mean, look at you saw him when the Bucks played the Giants this past year. Yep, he was just completely useless. I mean, he yeah. he was so he was going down before anybody touched him. Correct. Like he's he's just not right. He's gotten the injuries, and he was never that tough of a runner anyway. Yep. Um, and it's just no, I just have no interest in him for any cost, really. Yeah, I, just don't, I, I agree. And, and the I'd thing is. Draft is
1: Yeah, I would too. And to have a running back on a rookie contract for four years, right? I mean, that's, that's crucial because again, this is a wide receiver driven offense. They will run the ball. They need running backs to pass protect and catch passes and to tote the rock, but it's low on the totem pole when it comes to salary cap value.
0: Right. Yep. Good point. Uh, And I think that that's going to be something that they pretty much have to continuously look at, um, is the salary cap value of everything. Uh, Let's see. Um, Some people asked about Will Fuller. Um, I think he's going to go to Cleveland with Watson. We'll see. Uh, but that was the last rumor. And again, Fuller had been hurt so much. If you notice something that's a trend with the Bucs when they sign right. guys, they don't tend to sign guys that have been hurt a ton. Shaq Mason they yep. traded for. He's barely missed any. He's never missed more than three games in a season. They traded for, or they signed Sue. Yep. He had hardly missed any time. Even JPP, who blew a part of his hand off, had not right. missed that much time before he got to Tampa. Then he got the car accident yep. in this past year with the rotator cuff, and, but he hadn't missed that much time. Russell Gage, you know, same thing. He's been healthy. Yep. Uh, Logan Ryan's Barely missed any playing time in his career. The Bucks don't tend to take a lot of risks on very injured players, and Will Fuller is pretty much a lock to get hurt every single year. That's true, yeah. So, but he true is doubt. the type of player I would say. Uh, yeah, for
1: sure. I just think, just like the running back, they would want another wide receiver on a rookie deal, a cheap rookie contract, because you've got three receivers making ten million dollars or more: Engage, Mike Evans, and now Chris Godwin, twenty million dollars a year.
0: Yeah, that's. You're right. Um, and I make the I, salary
1: cap pieces that's, of the puzzle fit together
0: that's right no question let's talk about logan ryan i think we got through all the questions if somebody put a super yep. chat in there no, let me know i think i hopefully i didn't miss any but I think um know. logan ryan this is very interesting to me the bucks sign him okay yep. and i tweeted about it the other day I'll, pu- I'll pull up the grades I, I asked trevor if he would send me over like what basically happened in terms of his career because logan ryan was most of his career a slot corner whether it's in new england yep. then in tennessee That was where he did his best work. He played outside some, but he was mostly a slot corner. And he was pretty good one, uh, to be honest. Especially, Mm -hmm. he always has had some athletic limitations, but he's very smart. He's sharp. He's a great communicator. He sees things and processes in his own very well. He's a good player, especially in his own heavy scheme. So he fits the buck scheme. Then he said, when he was free agent a couple years ago, he was interested in cashing out one more time. That's why the Bucs and he talked, and Jason Light indicated that again today in his presser, that they talked to Logan Ryan a couple years ago when he's a free agent, before he went to the Giants, and it didn't work out. They were interested in him. It didn't work out because Logan Ryan wanted to break the bank or you know, for him break the bank, and he got a big contract from the Giants. That's why right. he's now going to pay for the Bucs and for the veteran minimum because the Giants are already yep. paying him, so he can just go somewhere and try to win a ring. But then he wanted to cash out, so he actually switched his position to free safety, <laughs> and he played free safety for the Giants the last two years so that he could make more money that way because they were getting paid more than stock corners were. he's right about that and he does a lot of research by the way super sharp dude he knew what the market was he he cashed out one more time big but it didn't work out at all he just wasn't very good at free safety like he's not enough of an athlete and he's small so he's not like the typical winfield small but he's a tremendous athlete logan ryan ran like a four five six or something like that like he's not a great and now he's older so he he's a four six guy trying to play free safety it just didn't work out very well, Scott. It's a new position for him. He's so much better in the slot. Now you come to the box, and it's like, okay, well, Winfield's a free safety. They lost a strong safety. But Logan Ryan's never really played strong safety. He's certainly good on a lot of strategy, good tackler, good run defender. Is where he's always hung his hat on that. But he's not really been out there as a strong safety. He's been out there as a slot corner, and those things have been exercised that way. But he's not really been a heavy box player like George Whitehead was. Then today, Jason, like JC, asked him uh, when he was down there, How do you see Logan Ryan fitting into the defense? Is he slot corner? And Jason was like, we see him as a safety. And then he went on to say, but yeah, he can do a lot of different things. And so I don't know for sure what Jason was saying, but it did sound like they might think of him as a safety, which to me, Scott, is a mistake. If you try to put Logan Ryan a free safety and move Antoine Winfield closer to the line of scrimmage, I think you are going to be disappointed by the results for Logan Ryan, at free safety more than you'd like to be for a guy you signed in free agency.
1: I I think the real answer is is to to clone Antoine Winfield. I think that's the thing is to find some type of contraption or machine, some type of scientist that can go clone him. And then you have two Antoine Winfields, one that can blitz from the slot and cover. And then another guy that can play center field and go up and moss guys like Michael Pittman Jr. right and and get you know some deep interceptions. So yeah. I think that that's and the no answer. more
0: Capit either just correct. Clone yeah. is Capit too.
1: Right, but since we're not quite there yet with technology, I, I think that that um, it, it's going to be interesting, right? Because I agree with you. I think that the Logan Ryan is a player that that can help the Buccaneers in the slot. And if you notice, last year they played Mike Edwards in the slot they played Antoine Winfield some in the slot and this is more towards the end of the season. And you've got Sean Murphy Bunting who's had his struggles and I think they're going to be wanting some competition there. So maybe, maybe Logan Ryan ends up playing there right now. There is a need and I'm with you, John. I don't think he has the athleticism to play center field and do some of those things when the Buccaneers go cover one or even cover Mm -hmm. three and, and that center fielder has to, you know, occupy a lot of grass and cover it but i'm with you i don't see this as a seamless replacement for jordan whitehead who was a much more physical in the box cover the tight end do the dirty work around the line of scrimmage almost as that extra linebacker on the field
0: and ryan is very physical he's a good tackler i think he will be an asset in run defense for sure but doing that behind the defensive line is a lot different than doing it in the slot. Jordan Whitehead, Correct. you know, he was fine when he was in the slot, but he wasn't always often in the slot. That wasn't yeah. like a major role for him. Ryan, it has been there throughout his career. He's been great in those areas of the field, the short underneath zone spots. So there are certain some certainly some things he can do that mirror what Whitehead does, but it's just a totally different story if you're asking Logan Ryan to just step in and play strong safety this year. Like that's yeah. just not what he's done really throughout his career. Even if you think about him in New England all the time, he was there. He was almost always the fifth defensive back on the field. He was not out there every single snap for the strong safety. They always had strong, right? It was Patrick Chung and him for years. Like Patrick Chung was a strong safety. And then they'd have Dron Harmon as a free safety. And obviously the starter would be McCourty. And they would play those three safeties. And then Ryan would play in the slot. And that's how it worked. And it's just a totally different story if you're asking him to be out there every single snap as a strong safety. The rotations that he'd have to handle because the Bucs rotate their safety so often. There's just a lot to ask him to do that I'm not sure – it would be a good fit. And then if you're asking to play single high, so Winfield can replace Whitehead, well, it might be good for Winfield, but I don't know if it'll be enough to offset Ryan being back at free safety where he has struggled a little bit. I mean, obviously, yeah. Giants had some rough moments overall as a defense during his time there. It wasn't just him, but I just don't know that that would be optimal. I, I mentioned that I had the grades, Scott. Now, it's per pro football focus, so if you don't like their grades, okay. You know, I often don't either but I actually checked this with a lot of like people who've watched Logan Ryan in New England and right. with the Giants. Here's how he's graded in the slot versus being at free safety since 2019 season. In the slot, he has a 66.9 grade. That's above average, good corner in the slot. At free safety is a 42.8 grade. That's abysmal, poor. Right. Here's how he is graded in man coverage in the slot versus zone coverage in the slot since 2019 season. In slot in the when he's in the slot in man coverage, 47.8 grade. When he's in the slot in zone coverage, nearly a 70 grade. So he's a very yeah. good zone coverage slot corner. That is what those grades tell us. There's no question about it. He has been way better in the slot, way better in zone coverage. If the Bucs use him in that role, this is a home run signing, in my opinion. I agree. They're getting and him for a vet minimum. He's I a agree. great communicator. He's a great person. He's a leader. He's everything they want in the locker room. He's not too old. He's not washed yet or any of that stuff. But you have to use him in the right way. If you use him as a free safety, this is going to go very poorly in my opinion. So we just have to wait and see how it happens.
1: And and I think the guy – and sometimes – and this is what, what Raheem Morris and Mike Tomlin, when they were the defensive backs coaches, and, of course, Tomlin – Uh, or I should say Raheem Morris was a protege under Mike Tomlin, but Mike Tomlin was famous for saying when he was the defensive backs coach here, you know, you got your Randy Barber's, you got your Brian Kelly's, you got your, your John Lynch's, your Dexter Jackson's, but, Mm. but, but it's the the guys at the back of the bus that end up kind of driving the bus, right? You you want to, to uh, increase your competition from, from the ground up. And, and I, I look at Ross Cockrell and, and you look John at how he kind of fell out of favor a little bit because they were playing Mike Edwards in the slot and in Winfield down the stretch. And we didn't see Ross Cockrell much over the last quarter of the season. And, or at least they had last couple of handful of games. So I just wonder if, if this is a player because Cockrell has the ability to play safety and also nickel corner, if this is a player that, that they look at as an upgrade there and with Ryan, then you put him in, into some competition with Sean Murphy bunting in the slot. But I, I think that, that, Logan Ryan, when it comes to a roster spot, might be taking Ross Cockrell's drop. We'll see how it all shakes out.
0: Well, that would be a real upside. I mean, that would be wild. To, you know, again, I would think that they signed him as planning to have him in their in their top five DBs in some capacity, yeah. whether that's strong safety, free safety, or pushing Sean Murphy bunting and taking over that nickel spot. That's where I see him slotting in eventually there. And right. I see, you know, it again, it's not really seamless in at safety because Edwards is there too. We haven't even talked about him. So where does he yeah. play then? If if Ryan's going to play one safety spot and and Winfield's going to play the other, does he just continue to be the third safety? Is he going to yep. be out there more often? You know they don't what? really view him as I, a nickel. I just so. wonder if Todd Bowles doesn't
1: do some mixing and matching and almost looking at at you know at a game by game who's who's playing in the slot? Who's the slot receiver we have to cover? And Is Sean Murphy Bunting the best guy for that? Is it Mike Edwards? Is it is it Logan Ryan? And I just wonder if if uh, instead of of having kind of like a a generic approach to this is how we're going to play teams in the secondary. If a guy like, like Logan Ryan can bring some flexibility and we already know that Mike Edwards has some flexibility and so does Antoine Winfield jr. If, if these guys don't almost become jokers where they have different roles to play in different hands that Todd Bowles wants to do. And and maybe that makes the Buccaneers secondary a little bit less predictable. We'll see.
0: Yeah, it's certainly possible. It's going to be very interesting to see how, Things shake out in the secondary for sure because that Logan Ryan signing feels like it could be a really important one. We've been talking about them getting better at the slot position for yeah. last two years, Scott, and so I'm encouraged if that's the direction. But it, I don't know. Light was unclear today. Let's just wait and see what happens. But if they don't add another safety, then we have our answer. So the draft is going to be key. I don't think they'll yeah. add another one in free agency. Well, really I tell you, John, there, there like is us. a
1: safety that that I think the Buccaneers – might be interested in and uh we're not going to give anything away right now because we have our new pewter report buck seven round mock draft coming out tomorrow so check that out in the afternoon and um and we'll see who the buccaneers select uh, w- one thing about selecting uh when it comes to you know we talked about salary cap and finances and all of that and and you know picking the right players in free agency well Folks, when you're looking for financial help, when you're looking for a company to, to invest your finances in, uh, there's one selection that you need to have in mind, and that's our, our folks and our friends over there at Amuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now.
0: Good. Congratulations. You We're so happy for you. you. Thank you.
1: And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future.
0: How's retirement treatment? you? Oh, just fantastic! I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it! All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track,
1: so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. A Muni Financial, plan ahead, stay ahead, folks. There is an A Muni free webinar. Coming up this Wednesday, you've heard me talk about Immunity Financial and how they can help you when it comes to advisory services, brokerage services, legacy retirement planning, investment banking, annuities, insurance. This is your chance to, for free, log in right from your home or work on Wednesday, March 23rd. That's this Wednesday at 1230 p.m. We're going to have this information on our Peter Report social accounts as well, but sign up for it. It's free. It'll last about an hour. It's perfect time to do it during lunch. Go to Immuni.com backslash seminar and sign up. It's free. And you'll see David Polkinghorne, Mark Donahue, some of the experts at Immuni Financial give a seminar live that will be carried on the web. And there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. If, if you're unable to attend one of these, these seminars in person, this is the time to do it. It's a Zoom meeting, March 23rd. That's this Wednesday at 1230. And uh, listen, this is a world where energy and commodities as well as as financials. uh, There's a lot of turmoil right now with the geopolitical situations going on. But a lot of the answers will be um, given to you in terms of what you can do to take advantage of the situation to protect your assets. And the good folks at Immunity Financial can do that. So we encourage you to sign up at Immunity.com backslash seminar. It's free. It's a webinar on the web that streams twelve thirty this Wednesday and uh, it's done via zoom. So be sure to check that out.
0: All right, Scott, we've talked about these rosters a good bit, the quarterback changes that have happened in the NFC South. And there are obviously a lot of those, uh, the Panthers one perhaps still uh, upcoming. We've talked about the bucks running back situation as well. And what we think happens there before you wrap up the show, what other moves do you think we can expect this week? You mentioned Rob Gronkowski and the possibility yeah. of, him getting a new contract there uh, maybe this week, even we'll see what else is on the rise. And the bucks obviously need a swing tackle. Josh Wells is still out there. And I, I believe some of those deals will be more formalities. It has been a little bit stunning how few bucks free agents have signed somewhere else. OJ Howard, which was an obvious one that he was going to be moving on. It felt like signed with the bills. And then Alex Kappa and Jordan Whitehead were obviously going to be quick ones to go out the door. And they did um, Kappa to the Bengals and Whitehead to the jets. But Really, everybody else is kind of just not doing anything. <laughs> we barely even heard about a yes. visit today. Leonard Fournette visiting the Patriots. The first interest we've heard in any of this, the rest of them, Jason Pierre-Paul, I believe the Cowboys, they were talking, but now the Cowboys are trying to get Darius Smith yeah. along with some other teams. And Pierre-Paul's not healthy, but Sue, Golston, Fournette, and Gronkowski are kind of the big ones out there that people are wondering about.
1: Yeah. And um, I, I think that the biggest thing for the Buccaneers is they want to get Gronkowski and Sue back. I think those are the next two that they really want to get uh, done uh, because it's just, those are the biggest question marks right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know running back is, but this draft is is full of them. There's still some backs out there. I think they want Lenny back for the right price. I know that Tom Brady wants Lenny back almost, maybe even more so than some of the coaches do. But but uh, I, I expect that to happen if, if nothing comes to fruition with Fournette and his market value. But yeah, I, I think that Gronk and Sue – uh, are the next two targets for the Buccaneers to, to resign? I don't expect those necessarily to happen next week, though. I think that if Sue's mm-hmm. going to come back, it's going to be for the Buccaneers. The same with Gronkowski that affords the Buccaneers a little bit of time to see if they can maybe get Fournette back and, and what else is out there in terms of value. Um, Jason Light, like you said, John, he's not done today. He's mm-hmm. still, you know, filling out his bracket of free agents, of which one's, uh, he still wants to sign. And and there might be a couple of Cinderella's out there, right? The Buccaneers always looking for value. And keep in mind, Tom Brady's back. So that's a situation, John, where uh, it, the March Madness has already begun. And I'm not just talking about college hoops. I'm talking mm-hmm. about with the Buccaneers. This was a wild first week. This next week could be wild, too. We'll see. But I yep. think right now they're, they're doing some bargain hunting because they know they're going to have to pay Sue. They know they're going to have to pay Gronkowski. Those are going to be more their blue chip guys. And so I think they're going to be looking for some bargains right now. But but listen, uh, as as we all know, uh, March Madness uh, is not really reserved for the Buccaneers when it comes to free agency. It's mostly reserved for college basketball, right? And Madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big with the nonstop action at MyBookie. doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting on the national championship winner, simply looking for player and game props. MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at MyBookie. Use that promo code pewter to secure a first deposit bonus up to $1,000. It's simple. Put $200 in and play with $300. Just use the promo code Pewter to claim your bonus. College, basketball, the NBA, UFC, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, MyBookie puts the action in your hands with live in-game betting. And with the choice, thousands of lines and odds to pick from, you can turn on any game day into a payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.
0: Some people want to know about predictions for other outside free agents the Bucks may bring in, and, and honestly, they may bring in some more outside free agents. That's not off the table at all. Yeah. But the priority is going to be bringing those people, players back that you described, Scott. We talked about running back options that could be one of the first outside free agents that you see the team bring in next. There aren't a lot of other positions to me where I see them signing other outside free agents. Certainly defensive right. tackle could be one of them because even if Sue's back, there's still probably two openings. Golston mm-hmm. may be one. There's still probably another opening. The draft class is top heavy. There may not be a top guy there at 27. Yeah. Is anybody fit in terms of what they're looking for? Pass rush ability. Matt Aonidas signed. Larry Oganjobi mm-hmm. did not pass a physical. So right. he's up in the air. There really just are so few options. If you can there rush are. from the inside – you usually don't hit free agency, and that's kind of what we've seen, or you don't last very long if you have. Yeah. So is there, like, potential for some hybrid types in Tampa Bay? Like, can we think about that? Like, guys that might be able to play inside-outside, obviously Zedarius Smith being kind of the peak example of that. There are not a lot of mm-hmm. names like that out there on the market right now. Yeah. And they typically don't stay very long when they're out there. Calias Campbell has been an inside-outside guy, he has been able to do a little bit of both his history right. there. But he's older, and again, do you want to get yep. younger at some point on the D-line? If you do, you might not be able to do it in free agency, though, Scott, because there just are not a lot. I mean, you're right. And John, no you, mentioned,
1: you mentioned a guy like, like Zedarius Smith, and and I'm not saying the Buccaneers are interested or going to sign him, but if you if you look back the last couple of years, right, even in, in 2020, when Jason Pierre Paul was healthy, he did a lot of nickel rush from the inside at the defensive tackle spot. Mm. And he just couldn't do it last year. That's why Joe tryon Showinka had to do that. He had to rush inside because of the shoulder injury. You couldn't have a guard and center beating up on both those shoulders, right? So you had to protect JPP. So when you did rush, it was typically from the outside. That's why JTS went inside. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Buccaneers found a good outside rusher that could do some inside rushing. Because there's a part of me, John, that I think that they want to have Joe Tron Shoinka after playing left side, right side, and, and inside last year, he he kind of didn't get better at any one spot because he played so many. I think that the, they'd love to find a home for him. I'd love to be have it be the left outside linebacker spot and and just stick him there and have him get better at that spot and, and develop into a Pro Bowl caliber rusher. Um, but at the, at the same time, you need somebody to rush inside. And so I wouldn't be surprised because you mentioned not a lot of great defensive tackles out there. If there's another pass rusher type like that, like a Zedaria Smith, mm. that, that can be an inside-outside guy. Outside mm. on, on a regular down, setting the edge, and then an inside guy in nickel rush situations.
0: Yeah, and Carl Nassim could be a guy like that. We talked about right. him a little bit last week, I believe, Scott, when you weren't on the show. But he, yep. we mentioned him as a potential option, a guy who obviously played with the Bucks before um Demarcus Walker from the Texans they played originally with the Broncos Mm -hmm. again not great players but guys that you might have some versatility with situation around a little bit yeah and there's some more just pure edge types um Alvin Ingram's moved around some again a veteran he helped out the Steelers and then went to the Chiefs helped them out tremendously it would be a he's going to be a great addition to whoever signs him there might be interest in Casey bringing him back since they they've got to kind of keep pace with everybody else in the edge rushers and that division but Those there's plenty of guys that can help the pass rush. Not a lot of guys that will eat up a ton of snaps. Like if you're going to do it, it's going to be veteran part-time players. They might be on, be willing to take a little bit less for a shot at a ring, They, they might not. And you might need to use void years because you're like a one-year contract. Justin Houston, Justin Houston. He hasn't rushed inside at all, but yeah, another right off the edge. You can move JTS inside situationally. He can rush. Right. He can, he's pretty much always going to be able to rush. Yeah, <laughs> you know what you're right. getting from an effort standpoint with him, too. Yeah. You're always going to get all out. So adding another pass rusher up front is something I want. I've said this before, Scott. I know that the Bucs probably aren't going to do it because it's a big, con- it's a fairly big contract. And maybe personality-wise, it's not a fit. I can't speak to that part of mm-hmm. it. So excuse my ignorance there. But if they got a player like Zedarius Smith, look out <laughs> because again Scott you don't have to play him every snap you hunt matchups right. with him he's so good at rushing inside yes. put him next to Vita Vea and nobody he's gonna have one-on-ones every time yep. Packers did that with him and Kenny Clark I mean he had 12 exactly. and a half 13 sacks every year he was healthy like that's the kind of player that it Again, when you can rush four like that, you'd be totally dangerous. It looks like he's looking at other teams, and the Bucks have yep. not been in the mix for him. And the numbers, I get it. You'd have to push some money into future years, and, and, right. and you get creative like that. Maybe they're not uh, willing John, to do that. But the thing yeah.
1: is, is, is this was a Rams team that had Aaron Donald on the inside and and Leonard Floyd on the outside, right? Yeah. And, and that's a good one-two punch. And they still made the trade for Vaughn Miller mm. and helped push him over the edge to get to the Super Bowl. So I think yeah. that that's the type of thing that Tom Brady's going to be always pushing poking and prodding Jason Light to do to go out and be aggressive like that and and, and go all in with with the chips at the table and and uh, I like the idea we'll see if it comes to fruition he's going to want big money i'm not sure the buccaneers you know would want to do that for really what would would, would kind of be a part time player right because you've got Shaq Beard on one side who is, you know, your, your former franchise guy, and you got JTS,
0: who is your number one
1: pick on the other side. I think side. you just,
0: like, rotate the snaps between the three of them basically I agree. Yeah. and do that. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that's basically what Zedara Smith did the last couple of years with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. So, But, again, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just putting my opinion out there. One yeah. thing I think could happen, Scott, is a surprise first-round pick. I haven't even told you that I think could be in the cards for the Bucs okay. on it maybe at 27, maybe in the second round if he lasts that long. I'm not sure his stock is kind of. Vary depending on, I'm not going to talk about that today though. We're going to talk about that in a later show. Yeah. Yeah. Once we've had a chance to get the mock, the next mock draft out there, I'm going to talk about this play. I haven't talked about him at all. I don't think I've even mentioned his name hardly on the show. So I think Bucks fans are going to be surprised when I bring him up, but I think if you're looking for the inside, outside ability, maybe as a rusher, there could be a guy in the draft. Maybe that has that potential ability. If you haven't been able to find anywhere else. So a little sneak peek into what's coming up, maybe uh, in a future show, but definitely appreciate everybody jumping in here. Subscribe to the Pew Report TV YouTube channel if you can. And everybody hit the thumbs up as well Please. on this video. That helps boost our YouTube algorithm and helps other people find the show. You guys have been awesome. Uh, we've been able to build up the following grade, and we're trying to get to 8,000 subscribers by the draft. So that's about yep. five and a half weeks away, something like that. Yeah. Um, so Just need any, a couple hundred and, more. Yeah, that's right. Any help you all can give us in getting to that end, we greatly appreciate it. So as always, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully you have some more bucks news to break down. It's gonna, hopefully, it's another exciting day. The Bucks aren't done; more That's movies right. are coming. Peter Report will have you covered as we always do. Until then, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.